Hello and welcome to the Husker CuzCast. I'm your host Patrick and with me are my cousins Justin and Derek. We are recording this podcast on September 14th of 2016. And here we are, Husker Nation, the highly anticipated showdown that lies in wait at the end of the trail this week with the Oregon Ducks coming to Lincoln. The 350th sellout, a demarcation game on the horizon, a possible watershed moment for Nebraska and a chance at a win, which may put them back in the national spotlight. But question is, did the Wyoming game give us enough reason to believe so we're going to have a little breakdown of that fellas so let's start off with the uh, offensive thoughts for the game who wants to chime in well i think it's hard to complain anything about a 52 to 17 win you know we last week when we were talking about this game we all thought it was going to be a close game headed into the fourth and that's what it was you know we had uh wyoming they played their guts out for three full quarters and we took it to the next level in the in the fourth, and that, that's awesome. I thought the screen game looked good. You know, for me, I kind of wrote off Terrell Newby mm-hmm. uh, after the first game. I thought it divine Zigbo. I thought he looked great in the first game. This one, I think Terrell Newby, he kind of redeemed himself with some of his runs, especially catching the screen passes. You know, I thought that looked great. And, uh, yeah, for – the negatives on the offense, I thought the offensive line, I thought they took a step back. Yeah, the uh, yeah. running game was not as crisp as what I was hoping it would be, especially after Fresno State, so they kind of spoiled it. Mm-hmm. But the passing game looked great. I thought Tommy Armstrong with his uh, with his stats, you know, he was what was he? He was uh, 20 for 34 for 377 yards. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, very uh, game. going into that game, if I were to put the over and under on, like, yards, 250 – there's no way I would have said over 250 for Tommy, so mm-hmm. I was impressed. I, I would like to I'd like to talk about one thing on that on the O line. You know, I, I was with you on that until I rewatched the game today, and I will also I'll bring this up on that on the O line. Wyoming threw a lot of blitzes at us, a lot more than I realized that they had. They they were blitzing linebackers left and right. And overall, I thought they did a fairly decent job of picking up the blitzes. But those blitzes really shut our run down. Uh, I tend to agree. I think that um, the running game took a step backwards, but it's amazing how versatile the offense has become. At least, well, it's the second game. It's We'll see what happens when the competition improves. But I was very impressed with how Tommy spread the ball around, the number of receivers used. And uh, I'm surprised you guys didn't bring it up. So I'm going to give props to uh, Tommy with setting the uh, touchdown receptions record uh, with 57 and uh, specifically hooking up with uh, Westy. You know, I was hoping it would happen sometime this season that in some game they'd find it, the roommate connection, and they did. So I'm really happy with that. Uh, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> Isn't it kind of like the old adage, you know, if you live long enough, somebody is bound to call you, sir, you know, <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah, he's, he, he's been here for a four year starter. Yeah. It's, he should probably break a record, but yeah, I, I don't want to minuscule what he did. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm glad for him. I am too. And, uh, it's telling that, uh, you know, it was, he wasn't perfect. He still threw a pick. 
uh, and it was a critical pick. Um, it was brutal. Yeah. Well, not not only was it not only was it a critical pick, it was a terrible pick. He Who threw was he throwing directly. To? He threw it directly to that that defensive back. It was a and pack. that defensive back. He was a good defensive back, and there's. I, I want to give that guy all the credit in the world. I think he played with a chip on his shoulder for not getting recruited in Nebraska, as his dad played for Nebraska. But he threw it right to him. It was a panic throw, and I've seen it done before uh, many times, and I'm not minimizing it. I, I think it's something that he needs to overcome at this point. But let's just hope he got it out of his system, and let's let's face it, he made up for it. Uh, that right. great strike he threw to uh, Alonzo Moore for 63 yards. Oh, Dude, absolutely. And, and, outside of that interception and one other pass that should have been intercepted, he passed very well in this game. I, I all give Armstrong all the credit in the world for this one game. Yeah, you know, I, I said it before, you know, with the screen game, last year that was, his, that was a nemesis of him. He couldn't hit the short guy at all. And uh, outside of that first series, which was abysmal, yeah, Tommy Armstrong looked really good. He looked look, really good. He, he looked strong. He looked strong. I think the offense looked really good overall. Uh, let's move I on. I didn't to say the great. Def- yep. Let's move on to the defense now, which you can't beat five turnovers in the uh, in the fourth quarter, gentlemen. All generated, all wonderful. Uh, kicked off by Kyron Williams with that beautiful pick. Uh, for six, that kind of uh, springboarded everything, and a well-earned uh, black shirt this week for him. Indeed, yeah, true, that was the true. biggest thing. They looked, they looked good we, with the turnovers. You know, it took the second half, but you know, I gotta say, guys, I felt bad for Josh Allen there when he when he was throwing those picks after pick after pick. I kind of felt bad. What do you? I did. What do you attribute to that? Because uh, at some point it looked like that he had to have his ankle retaped. It looked like he may have sprained it. Do you think that he that might have been a factor? Because with some of the announcers, <laughs> the less we say about them, the better. Uh, they said that he <laughs> might have had trouble uh, pushing off on his foot, and it might have uh, affected his throws. Is that what you guys saw? Or? I don't know. I, I, I'll I, take I, it. I think it came. I, I think it came down more to urgency and trying to make plays that weren't there but yeah I, I, I'll, I'll let him use the ankle for an excuse he had a good, yeah. good game up until the fourth quarter he, he, he yeah. played really well exactly that game got that game got away from him really quick you know it's kind of like what we've it, seen from us last year or in it, previous it, years under Bo Pelini hey when you got to make plays yeah you're gonna open yourselves yeah. up to some mistakes I, I, I was just gonna say that he reminded me of Taylor Martinez where <laughs> he would have he he would have flashes of greatness, right. but when when he when he got down, there was no picking him back up. He and was, it seems the same. It seemed the same case with Josh Allen. He was very once up he and got down. down, there was no getting back up. He, he was, just yeah, he was very up and down. Once it started snowballing, you could really see it in his body language and the way he was affected. And you could also attribute that to Nate Gary, who I think is probably public enemy number one on his on his list. And with that, I think we can move on uh, to some. Yeah, oh, hold on. I, I I will say two things about the defense that I'm still a little skeptical on. And it wouldn't be number one. Well, exactly. Number one, we're still lacking pressure on the quarterback with that front four. Agreed. With, with without linebacker help, we are getting basically no pressure. Even the few times that our defensive line did put pressure on them, 
linebackers were blitzing with them. And that flight sweep or the jet sweep or whatever you want to call the play yeah, uh-huh. is just just kicked our ass last week. They had like four or five yard or four or five of those where they ran for good fifteen to twenty yards. I might yeah. I might be Mr. Optimist here, but didn't we make adjustments in the second half and it didn't work out as well, or am I Mr. No, in the four, in the fourth quarter they actually ran more of them because it was successful. It, yeah. Yes, yes, and, and the the only reason it didn't end up being more successful is because Josh Allen started throwing his interceptions. Um, there are definitely some chinks in the armor. I mean, that's to be expected, but I think some really interesting areas that might affect us later on definitely has to be our penalties and the special teams is still a question mark. I think both of those issues really need to be addressed. Okay. Okay. I, 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 I want to talk about these penalties because every one of our, we had seven penalties at, well, we had nine, but two of them, one of them was offsetting and the other one they declined, but I don't know, seven penalties that we had, Almost every one of them affected the game. Yeah, good point. We had we had three late late hits. Desertus, we ended up intercepting the ball after his late hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Davis, after he had uh, Carlos Davis, after he had his, they ended up getting a field goal out of it. Uh, the blo- we had a block in the back that negated a touchdown. We had a holding call that got neg- that negated a touchdown, mm-hmm. and just it just seemed like every time we had something going for us, a penalty ruined it. Yeah, uh, you know the penalties they've definitely become a nightmare. Uh, the one thing I guess after you laid it out like that, the one that didn't impact the game was the one by Nate Gary. What a stupid penalty that was! You don't do oh. that stuff. I'm gonna, that, that was terrible. I'm gonna, I, I, I have, I have to say, after it was all said and done, I chuckled about it. I thought it was kind of funny, right there. But you, but you can't do it. You just, no. can't I agree. Do it. I agree. But just the fact that you chuckled about it, which I found a very interesting reaction, considering the severity of it. I mean, it was severe in, in some in some ways because it hurt us. But do you think that if you take away that factor from him, that intimidation factor that he brings to the table? If, do you think that neuters the defense somewhat? Because honestly, they're showing the same kind of swagger and cockiness that the Miami defenses showed uh, in the '80s and early '90s. <laughs> Are you making that a good thing or a bad thing? Because I think okay, it's a bad thing. But I think, but I think, I think it's bad. I think it's bad coming from me. But it's amazing how there are a lot of people in my generation and younger that actually. They they got a charge out of that. They think it's kind of a nice yeah. little, it's kind of a nice little, uh, you know, a t- intimidation tactic that Nebraska is using. Do you think that taking that well, away that might re- remove some of the moxie from the defense? Some of the I, no, I thought it was, I thought it was a dick move by a captain. I would have, you know, maybe I'm you just know, showing my age. I would have benched him. I would have benched him the rest of the game because you know what? Because we're just talking about penalties and how severe these penalties are. You know what? If these guys aren't held accountable for stupid penalties like that, it's not going to sink in. You don't reward a guy when these uh, unnecessary or unsportsmanlike uh, 
conduct penalties when there's such an issue. You don't reward a guy and send him back out there. If you really want to make a statement, sit his ass on the bench. Your captain okay. should not be doing that. Okay. Uh, I, just just to argue with you a little bit here, Justin. Alonzo Moore, al- Moore also may have had an unsportsmanlike penalty. It was just negated by an unsportsmanlike penalty on the defense. But if he had gotten another one, he'd have been kicked out of the game too. So we had two unsportsmanlike penalties in this game. That shouldn't be happening. Agree. Okay. Well, bottom line is to me, I think that it's a trend. And it's something we need to watch out for because trends have a tendency to become afflictions and then we have an epidemic on our hands. But let's move on. Uh, We have our week three predictions coming up. But first, let's do a little recap and find out how we did for uh, last week. Oh, Mr. Stats Guy, do you have our stats for last week uh, as far as how we did with our picks? Oh, we're getting into picks already. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Justin rocked it. Yeah, Patrick, you rocked it as well. You guys That's both went four and two, and I went three and three. Uh, overall, Justin's still sucking ass. He's six and nine. <laughs> and and, and Pat, Patrick, you and I are tied for eight and seven. Well, we'll see how we do this week. And honestly, boys, I think three is too small of a number. This is a heck of a slate we have for uh, this week. So let's bring on our special guest, our cousin Tyler. Uh, it is a pleasure and a privilege to invite you to the CuzCast, uh, Tyler. So uh, with that honor, uh, let's kick her off and you start her off uh, and offer your insight. How's that? Good to, good to be here tonight, guys. Hey, Tyler. All right. All right, here we go. We're going to start off with the Florida State Seminoles and the Louisville Cardinals. This is going to be a good game. Yeah, I mean, think of the games of the weekend, this has got to be one of the top ones. Uh, college game day is going to be there, and I think that's going to play really big in the Louisville. Uh, I've heard this is the first time college game day is going to be there. Lamar Jackson has been shredding teams. But they haven't played a team like Florida State yet. Uh, interesting stat I read that Louisville is minus three in turnovers. That's not going to cut it. I think Florida State wins wins by double digits in Louisville this weekend. Wow. You know, I'll agree with you with Lamar Jackson. He is a scoring machine. That guy is impressive. Uh, I think Louisville is going to win a very close game, uh, but a very high-scoring game. It's going to be exciting. 11 a.m. kickoff, by the way. Check it out. This this game intrigues me, really does. But when it comes down to it, being the stat guy that I am, Louisville is averaging 754 yards per game. Not get them to probably not going to get that many against Florida State, but Florida State can't stop these guys enough to win this game. It, it comes down to a tight game, but Louisville wins at home. Like it. I saw a dark road ahead for players that didn't have that kind of edge and that kind of like phenomenal like athleticism and go-to heroic action until I saw Mr. Jackson. Until I saw that guy hurdle a dude. They played it over and over on Twitter. I fell in love with the guy. He's going to be awesome. I think Louisville wins this because honestly – a piece of my soul gets torn out each time I root for Florida State. I think I got him in a horcrux somewhere. <laughs> so I'm going to go for Louisville here. 
Um, next up, we have North Dakota State at our Iowa Hawkeyes. Well, you mentioned your heart ripping out every time you root for a team. Nope. God, that's how I am with <laughs> Iowa. I can't stand those guys. Uh, this is probably the toughest game Iowa has had that this year, which is sad considering this is an FCS school. But at the end of the day, I think Iowa has more talent. They're at home. You know, they're playing a senior quarterback. I think they win. They, they win double digits. Yeah. Did you guys know? Well, did you guys know that North Dakota State is 5-0 and against the last five FBS opponents it's faced? Oh, that's promising. And they're 8-3 and three overall. Uh, you know, but that's against the likes of uh, Kansas, Minnesota, Colorado State, Kansas State, and Iowa State. Everybody remembers that Kansas State game, right? That's the one oh, I was like. Oh, that was like, hey, North Dakota State, you're for real. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're great. Iowa's a pretty goddamn good team, too. So uh, I think Iowa wins this one. But it'll be close. I, I agree. This will be a close game. Uh, how, how do you go against Iowa in this right now? Iowa's playing good ball. Just, North Dakota State, I get it. They're, they're a really, really good FCS team, but... Iowa's playing good ball right now. They win this game. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you just can't go against Iowa. I'm going for the you, Hawkeyes here. Are you guys seeing a competitive competitive game at least? I do. Absolutely. I, do. I, I think, I, I think it'll be a good game, but I think Iowa will pull it out. And they always right, fair enough. these games. All right, we got an SEC matchup coming up here. We got Alabama Crimson Tide at the Ole Miss Rebels. You know, interesting thing about this game, Ole Miss has won the last two times they've played Alabama. Uh, last year, Chad Kelly from Ole Miss tore up Alabama. He threw for over 340 yards and four TDs. Uh, good quarterback. I think Bama's defense has his number, though, this year. I, I can't see Nick Saban losing a team three times in a row. Uh, I got Bama winning a very, very close game at Ole Miss. I do think Bama will slip up this year, but I don't think it will be this week. Wow. Hey, that's a pretty good breakdown, Tyler. I like that one. Uh, you know, the, the point spread is 10 on that. Uh, Ole Miss gets 10. The only thing I can say is uh, I don't know if – I don't think Alabama covers. I'm with you. Oh, I, I guess you guys will make me make a pick. I'll say Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know – Alabama's defense is just too strong this year. I, I, I get they played a, a crap team in week two, but they played USC. Who? I mean, come on, it's, it's still got to be a decent team. They're averaging eight points per game. Bama wins this game, hands down. I, I think Bama crushes them. I think they cover the spread. Alabama wins this game despite Saban alienating pretty much his entire coaching staff and maybe even the water boy. All right, and <laughs> next up we've got Ohio State at Oklahoma. This oh, this is going to be a good game. This is going to be a good game. You know, obviously I have my eyes on the Nebraska game, but this is probably the game of the weekend. You know, Patrick, I feel you're the emotion guy. Oklahoma is angry. They are desperate. It is in Norman. Ohio State is talented, but I don't know if they're proven yet. I got Oklahoma winning. This might be the only time this year that JT Barrett isn't the best quarterback on the field. 
it's going to be a close game, coin flip game, but I think Oklahoma pulls it out. Wow, I completely disagree. You know, you saw what Oklahoma did last year against Clemson, what they did against Houston this year. Oklahoma's O-line is really weak. They got manhandled by Houston. Think, Don't think that Ohio State will not manhandle them again. I think OSU wins by 10, at least. Oklahoma's not that good. All right. So OSU is... Averaging 62.5 points a game and only allowing 6.5. There's no way Oklahoma does anything against these guys. These guys crush Oklahoma, even in Norman. I don't care. You can play this game anywhere you want. Ohio State wins this game. Urban Meyer runs a well-oiled machine, and that will be in evidence in Norman this weekend. I got to go with the Buckeyes. All right. And finally, a very interesting matchup. This this could be a really good one. Michigan State versus Notre Dame. I feel like I'm the outsider on my picks this week, but uh, since I'm the new guy, new I'll let that slide. Yeah. Guys. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this is the toughest game for me to predict, and it's entirely because I have not watched one minute of film on these guys. I have not seen any game. So I'm going to say Mark D'Antoni's the best coach on the field. Michigan State pulls the upset and beats Notre Dame. I well okay. I don't know who Michigan State is. They they've played one game against Furman, which they won twenty eight to thirteen. They weren't impressive at all. And uh, you know Notre Dame played a they played Texas tough, but D'Antonio he's had like two weeks to prepare for these guys. And if uh, Texas can beat Michigan State, well then I think D'Antonio can too. But it'll be a close. Justin, you're an asshole. You stole everything I was just about to say. Why? Make note of that, everyone. Oh, yeah. I, I, I have Nobody likes notes. Texas. Michigan State has two weeks to prepare for these guys. They're a better team than Texas. If Texas can beat Notre Dame, then Michigan State can beat Notre Dame. I'm going Michigan State. I concur with Derek. You are an asshole, but you're you a horrible asshole. Um, I'm going to go with Michigan State. I think D'Antonio is a great coach. I think that defense is going to be ready. And honestly, Notre Dame ain't that strong. I think them beating, getting beat by Texas speaks volumes. And nothing against Texas, but I think Michigan State's uh, a better team, and I think they'll win. Okay, and here we go. And honestly, I can say this in true validity. This could be the game of the week. Oregon Ducks at the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Go at it, gentlemen. I can't wait to hear you guys' thoughts on this. What a game. I mean, you know, for the first time in a long time, we have a real true ranked opponent that's coming into Lincoln that we have a shot to beat. You know, I spent a lot of time thinking about this game, going back and forth, what I think's going to happen. Um, there's a few things that I think that need to be on the lookout for. You know, the first thing, and I, I've mentioned this before to you guys, like how are we going to deal with the speed of Oregon? Uh, not just the speed and the athleticism on the outside, not just Freeman in the backfield, but the sweet speed of pace of play. I could see our defense over our knees. Uh, second thing, turnovers. You know, Tommy Armstrong, I think you've seen a lot of turnovers of the years over him, but they're bringing in a quarterback who played at Montana State into the on the 350th sellout. That's big pressures. I could see some turnovers from that guy. And you guys talked about it, Wyoming. Our special teams have been 
terrible this year. I think to win this game, we need to actually bring some special teams to the table. DPE got to return some punts this week, and we got to see some big plays there. I'm curious what you guys think of how this game's going to go. What's your prediction? What's your score? Yeah, score? I agree with everything. Oh, you're... score prediction. I'm I sorry. I didn't wait. know that we did that there. Oh. I'm new to this. Um, I got Nebraska winning. I think we do end up pulling out uh, 41 to 36. Wow. Um, I, I just think at the end of the day, it's going to be a high-scoring game, and our offense got a little bit in the tank. Uh, interesting stat, I saw Nebraska's 2-0 versus the spread. Oregon is 0-2. Trust Vegas. We win. We cover this week. Nice. I like it because we're right now we're three point favorites. Uh, yeah, I, I look at Oregon, uh, UC Davis. I didn't get to see any of the UC Davis game, but I got to see uh, about the first three quarters of the Virginia game. And uh, these teams, they put up some yards against uh, Oregon. Their defense is pretty bad. UC Davis, especially, you know, they they put it on. They through the first two games between UC Davis and Virginia, 390 yards is what they're giving up. Our offense is pretty damn good. I think we're going to put up a yard, so I think we can win a shootout against them, and it may take a shootout. Uh, one of the things that I see in this Oregon team is they actually may be worse than us in the uh, in the penalty department. They are bad. They had uh, against Virginia, they had 12 penalties for 117 yards. That's at home, guys. What are they going to do on the road? I don't know, but uh, I like it. Uh, I, I, also, I also have to mention this. Oregon's one of those douche teams. They've been a douche team for a while. <laughs> and what I mean by that is that the way that they go for two-point conversions, I, I can't Hey, I can't hey Nebraska that. did that. Nebraska did that in week one. Exactly, and you heard my reasoning, is because they're trying to show Oregon is like, hey, you know what, you want to do this two-point conversion team douches? We can do the same. Uh, you know, against Virginia, they only went for two one time. But against UC Davis, they went for it five times, guys. That's ridiculous. So they, uh, They've always done that. They've always done that. Against the smaller teams, they go for it all the time. And, and against the bigger teams, they're scared chicken shitless to do it. They it can't doesn't do make it. Them, it doesn't make them any less of douches. Uh, but if they want to play that game... I'll take our D over theirs any time of the week. You know, I I like our D. I don't like their D. Our offenses are pretty similar. Penalties, we both suck. But uh, I got us winning 45-43. It's going to be a fun game, guys. Uh, okay. Man, I, I've been just wrecking my brain on this game. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you a key stat in this game. This is going to be huge. And it's not the stat that I think people are looking at. Third down conversions, guys. Hmm. Our defense is only allowing 28% on third down conversion. They're averaging almost 60% on third down conversion. Something's got to give. Hmm. Uh, now, I, I, before I get into my prediction, I, I would like to bring this up. Does anybody know the last time Nebraska beat a ranked non-conference opponent in the regular season? Uh, sometime in my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> Notre Dame. 2001. Oh, man. Good, Good call. Good call. Oh, Good call. Showing up the stats, guy. Awesome. Awesome. Good job, Tyler. I, I appreciate that you know that. Golf clap. Golf clap. 
I, I'm sad that I know that. I just I was thinking about all the ranked teams that have come in the Lincoln and beat our ass in my lifetime. Own it, Cliff. And Clayton. it's sad. It's sad. Own your fifteen, knowledge, 15 years. Clayton. Fifteen years it's been. Uh, here, here, here's a stat that I don't like about Nebraska right now. We've had five fumbles. We haven't lost any of them, but I don't think we can have those fumbles against Oregon. But we have had five fumbles in these last two games. God, is it that high? Wow. All right. So we had your... we had four against Wyoming and one against Fresno State. So, uh, what, so what's broke up. Broke up is 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 passing almost sixty nine percent. Hasn't thrown an interception. Uh, Roy, Royce Freeman has had two touchdowns at least in the last four games. I, I'm breathless with anticipation. What is your prediction, sir? I went against my better judgment here. Uh-oh. I picked oh, Nebraska to win 42-38. to 38. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I guess. You are coming around to Mike Riley, aren't you? My goodness. I'm impressed, I I wouldn't go there that far. I just think they're going to be pretty motivated for this game. Okay. Uh, obviously, you guys went high. I went low. I think that this is going to be determined by the black shirts, and I think special teams is also going to be a factor, but not in the way that you're thinking, Tyler, with DPE going off. Caleb Lightborn has got to man up. He has got to man up. This The punting unit has got to show that they are able to – change the field on them and give Oregon uh, the, uh, the long distance. Uh, but I think that the black shirts are going to be the ones that are going to have their victories. They're going to force Oregon to uh, punt. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll obviously score a little bit, but I think that it won't be quite as high octane as you guys think it is. I think the physicality of the defense is going to be a factor. I think that um, our running game is going to is going to uh, get through their defense because apparently uh, they're thinking about running the ball a lot. That'll take a lot of the pressure off of Tommy, uh, so it won't put him in those uh, heroic moments. Uh, this, But this is going to be a litmus test, and I think that we're going to get a real sense of what kind of team that Nebraska can be this year, uh, win or lose. So my prediction is 27-24 Huskers. Drew Brown wow. runs it late. Both boring. Hey, can, 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 let me ask can you I bring up? Can I bring up me, one more trivia question? Yeah, sure. Go uh, ahead. Go ahead, Cliff. Does it? Does anybody know how many years <laughs> it's been since Oregon has beat Nebraska? Uh, jeez, uh, it's got to be sometime. Never. Not in my lifetime. Never. We're, we're five. We're five and one against them. They oh. have beat us. So, question for you guys. I want to get the experts' opinion. We have four people questionable for this game. Lamar Jackson, Stolenberg, uh, Riley, and Moore. Moore, yeah. Who would be the biggest person if they couldn't play? Who's the biggest, the person we need to play the most going Riley's into this game? Riley's been clutch. Riley made some really clutch catches. He's almost kind of like, when in doubt, get it to get in Riley's hands. I think he's almost competitive. Absolutely. The the answer the only answer to this question is Alonzo Moore. Alonzo Moore has been Tommy Armstrong's go to guy. Jackson's a J- Jackson's a backup. It hurts to lose him, sure. Stoltenberg, Carlos Davis did a damn fine job of covering for him. He he had a good game. 
outside of the uh, personal foul, which was it was a late hit, but it was it was questionable. Uh, so I think Carlos Davis will be fine. Riley, I would hate to lose him too, but Alonzo Moore is the absolute only answer for that question. Yeah, it's funny you say that because two years ago everybody was cursing him because he couldn't grab a ball. Right, you know, true. He couldn't catch a cold. But now he, he is clutch. This, this That guy is awesome. See, I, I got to think it's one of the defensive guys. I'm not worried about our offense moving the ball down the field. I, I'm worried about defense. And Lamar's athleticism is going to be needed against that defense. I, I think Lamar might be the guy. Do you I think this might be, uh, be needed against that offense? But do you think he was fourth youth, on my list? You think his youth might be uh, a detriment, though, because he's still a youngin. Maybe I just think you need pure athletes, and and I I think Oregon's offense is fast enough that you need depth. I mean, Stolenberg's up there for me. I think it's all defense. I mean, to me, this game is nothing to do with our offense. We're going to do what we're going to do without. If you take turnovers out of the equation, the question for me is what we're going to do to stop them and. And we need every weapon we get. So my top two are Lamar and Stolenberg, but that's interesting you guys went to the receivers. I would from, argue from, that. From, from what I've read, uh, it, I, I don't know that Lamar Jackson was even going to get that much playing time this week with Antonio Reed back. Oh, wow. So much insight. Tyler, thank you. Thank you so much for coming to the Husker Cuzcast. You've been a yes. great, great asset here. You should come back. Come back anytime. What well, pleasure. I, I can come back after I go to the Northwestern game next week and give you guys some insight uh how they do things down in Chicago. Nice. Hey, while you're there, check out the Cubs. Uh, One more win. They clinch the division, here, baby. Here we go. Woo! Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of in this house. All right. Hey, can I can yeah. I ask one question before we go since this is already derailed? Yeah, sure. If we if we beat Oregon does it uh, minimize the type of win? I mean, are they people are going are they going to say that? Okay, well, Oregon I was down. I don't see how it could. That I mean, this isn't the best Oregon team, but it's still Oregon. I think yeah. that they're pretty highly regarded. Oregon is what we were in about two thousand two, two thousand three, right off the decline of their greatness. Which, granted, our greatness was better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're on the decline right now. I think in two years, Oregon's going to be a second thought. But right now, there's still some cachet with that victory. Uh, and for all the listeners, the answer to the trivia question is 63 years since Oklahoma, since Oregon has beaten Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little-known fact that it was 63 years. All right, and I guess Justin called it. This thing's been derailed. But if you want to leave comments and messages, you can reach us at the Husker Cuzcast Facebook page as well as the page on Podbean. You listen to your Uncle Mikey now, Husker Nation. Stand and be proud. Get up, stand up, stand up for your head. Knock Oregon in the head. Go be great.